All right, we're back here at J. Tom Lawler Rink, Merrimack College. Score at the end of two is Merrimack three, Bentley nothing. This is Mike Mack alongside John Leahy. And our guest here in a second intermission, Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, NeutralZone.net, College Hockey Insider, the Eagle Tribune. And, uh, Mike, I know you got here a little bit late coaching uh, one of your kids' games, but uh, so first of all, how'd the game go? I went well. We, we, we came away with a win, so that's always good. Kids played well. Nice. Uh, so the score here, 3 nothing. Uh, I know you missed the first part of the game, but, uh, you know, I, I guess we were saying not really a surprise that you've got a team that's uh, been off for a month, uh, more than a month, really, uh, you know, and missing some of their key players uh, going up against a Merrimack team that had just played a couple games within the last uh, last week, including one against where they took the uh, defending national champ again right down to the wire. Um, that first period, probably not so much of a surprise with a 23-8 edge and shots for Merrimack and three goals. But that second period, pretty even um, back and forth there, I would say, even though no scoring. Merrimack out shoots Bentley 13-9, 36-17 for the game. But, uh, uh, you know, again, pretty even there. And this feels like one of those games, especially with Bentley getting some chances late in the period. You pop one in early in the third period, and it's a whole new game. Yeah, you know, I think you know, just on paper looking at it, you, you like the fact that you're getting some production from, in that first period, the guys in the lineup you don't usually get the production from, right? I mean, that's good. Uh, you're going to need that, I think, moving forward. But like you said, I think it's to somewhat be expected when you're facing a team that hasn't played for a while. and you It's not, I was thinking about this today, it's not exactly the same as a team that plays opening weekend and another one that kind of sits that first weekend in October off and plays a second weekend. It's not as bad as that because you've taken six weeks off maybe instead of six months. Uh, but it's but it's still something, right? I mean, that team is able to come back and kind of shake the cobwebs out a little bit. Last week, like Merrimack was against a team that still wasn't playing, was sitting at home. And, and even then, until later in the week, until two days ago, weren't even sure if they were going to be playing this weekend at all because they had their series with Lowell that got wiped out. So, uh, of course, Merrimack in the same boat there, but they at least played the games last week. So it is kind of a unique a unique situation for both teams to be in, but especially Bentley to go from not playing uh, to, to think thinking you're not playing again uh, and then finding out you know two days ago that the game was on so uh, really not a surprise that you were able to jump on him in the first period and like you said given how close it was in the second you needed to jump on him in the first period in order to feel comfortable here going into the third you know, talking with both coaches before the game, first, uh, Ryan Sautekwist from Bentley. He's hoping to still maybe get in at least one of the low games uh, before the season is over. And there may be that opportunity to do that in a midweek or so. And then uh, Scott Bork from Merrimack sounded like he's got hopes of doing the same, at least with Clarkson. It didn't sound like it would be likely for St. Lawrence, but, uh, you know, those teams do come down here periodically to play ECAC games in the Boston area. Have you heard anything? Uh, is, is there an opportunity maybe for uh, Merrimack to get a game against Clarkson? before the season end. I'm sure there is. I mean, if you look at the schedule, like you said, they're down here a couple more times. They play Harvard and Dartmouth still on the road. Uh, they still have to go to, I think it's Quinnipiac and Brown are the travel partners there. Uh, so there's two trips that they're going to make down this way. I don't know when you'd play it. I don't know if you would decide to play it on a Tuesday maybe or a Monday. I mean, if it's a that means they stick around a lot longer. That's what I mean. Yeah, you'd have to figure out the hotel situation from Clarkson's standpoint. Are they willing to you know, pick up an extra night or two in the hotel in order to play? Because you're going to do it one of two ways. You're either going to play on a Wednesday night uh, and then, you know, Clarkson would have to have considerably more hotel time. Uh, or you're going to stick around and, and play on a on a Monday or something like that, you know. And, and play, if, if both teams are playing Friday, Saturday, Monday, that third game in four, day, in, in four days, yeah, it's a lot. But, I mean, you get some USHL weekends when you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's not it's not a, the end of the world, I don't think. Uh, Clarkson is at UNH tonight. They weren't able to play at Merrimack last night. Too many players in the COVID protocol. But they expected to get their players back and be able to 
play tonight. They are playing at UNH uh, tonight. I know you talked with Casey Jones, the head coach of Clarkson. Um, did Clarkson go up to UNH tonight? Uh, could go to come down to UNH tonight? I assume they're traveling right back after. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know what? Given the way the rules are, maybe they traveled with a bunch of guys yesterday and then had other guys travel down today. I know that was the case with UMass at the Frozen Four last year. Uh, Philly Lindbergh and a couple of them. I forget who else was out, but I know Lindbergh was one of them. Was home during the national semifinal and then drove to Pittsburgh from Amherst on Friday when they were cleared to return to the team. So I would imagine if they're still in protocol, they're probably not around the team. So at least those guys that needed to get cleared may have traveled today. That's my guess, but I don't know for sure. Was it an option for Clarkson to stay here and play Merrimack tomorrow? Uh, it sounded like that was offered. I don't know why it wasn't able to happen. Um, I know it sounded like it was at one point at least being discussed. So uh, I don't know what the logistics were and why why it didn't work out. But I know they were discussing it at one point. Yeah, maybe the rink was it was already uh, in use. I don't, I don't know. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, the score at the, after two periods of play, Merrimack three and Bentley nothing. Mike Macnick uh, chatting here with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, College Hockey News, and other uh, sources. Uh, Mike, wanted to ask you some uh, recruiting news on the Merrimack front. I saw a commitment. Was it uh, Tyler Young? Is that the, the yes. is that his name? Tyler Young is the the son of Scott Young, uh, former BU player, played twenty years in the NHL. <laughs> so in the U.S. Olympic team too, if I remember right. He already did. He did. Yep. Uh, I, I know he played with the Blues for a long time. I forget who else he played for in the NHL, but uh, yeah, he committed earlier this week. Was a Providence commit, uh, and the, the Scott Bora can't talk about these guys until they sign a national letter of intent. But I'm interested in asking him whether or not he had helped recruit him to Providence. So Young was a Providence commit. I uh, had reopened his recruitment. I want to say it was like in August or so. It was late in the summer. Uh, so I, I don't know how many teams were on him or anything like that, but still, I mean, you're committed to Providence and, and playing at a pretty high level. I'm going to imagine, you know, and, and just with the pedigree, right, there were going to be some teams that were going to be on you. I know New England Hockey Journal at the time of the decommitment had, had speculated that Boston University was probably going to be one of the teams in the mix. Makes sense, given given who his dad is. So, What's his dad doing now? Uh, director of Player Development for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And is going to be an assistant coach on the Olympic team. Uh, that was announced this week. So, um, But yeah, he had committed earlier this week. I think he's playing with Maryland now in the North American League. Joined them uh, 10 or 12 games ago after starting the season with Muskegon in the USHL. And he's played really well uh, for Maryland in, in the North American League since he got there. I know their coaches have been really impressed with him. So uh, that was the news this week. And then, of course, the other, the other big news from a recruiting standpoint, defenseman Zach Bookman, who we've talked about a couple of times, uh, he broke Kale McCarr's scoring record for the Brooks Bandits as a defenseman last night. He did it in 37 games. I mean, 76 points in 37 games is, is pretty impressive. How many games did McCarr do it in? I don't know. Uh, he finished, you know what, he was in the 50s, because it was what he finished that year with, and I want to say he was in the 50s, but uh, that Brooks team that, that Bookman's on this year, they've won, I think, 17 games in a row. They are just destroying everybody out in the Alberta League, so that, that's a really good team. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, is it the team, is it the way the league is this year? You know, uh, I mean, you can't expect him, like, he's not going to put up those kind of numbers in college, obviously. But you know, what can you expect when he gets? You know, I, I think he's going to play right away. I mean, uh, from, from talking to some of the coaches here, it sounds like you know if he's a guy that can come in, even if he's, it sounds like he may have to work on the defensive side of the puck a little bit. Uh, he's a little undersized, although not really anymore. I mean, he kind of was when he committed. He was like five eight. He's listed at like five eight one fifty when he committed two or three years ago. Uh, I think he's listed at like six feet one eighty now or something like that. So he's put on some size. Um, I, I, you know, most of those offensive defensemen, they've probably got to work on the defensive side of their, their game a little bit. 
Um, but I'm sure he's going to be able to help on the power play right away. I mean, I look at it like this. Even if uh, even if the league may be down a little bit, even if he's on a really good team, 76 points in 37 games aren't all by accident, right? So uh, a lot of that has to do with his ability with the puck, and I think uh, just his ability to rush the puck and then get involved in the offensive end, it sounds like he'll be able to contribute there right away. Hey, I wanted to ask you uh, with what's going on here with the, with the postponements, cancellations, what have you. Uh, first of all, what does this mean for agreements that schools might have had? You know, Merrimack was due to host Clarkson and St. Lawrence this year and go there next year. Is it your impression that's still going to happen? I have no idea. I, I think that's all up in the air. Uh, I think everybody's going week to week right now. That's something a coach had said to me this week. He's like, I feel like we're back to where we were last year, where it's like, you know, on Tuesday afternoon, you're calling the team you're supposed to play this weekend going, all right, are you going to be able to play? And if the answer's no, then you're trying to find out, all right, well, who else is able to play and had games canceled on them too? They were like, it, it feels a lot like it was at this time last year where you're just trying to figure out who's available on a weekly basis and then trying to play some games. You know, if anything, at least what we've seen at least in Hockey East, at least I, I realize this has not been the case in the other leagues, but in Hockey East, it's been non-league games where this has happened. Yes. What, I know it's been wreaking havoc with league games in other conferences. Once Hockey East gets back to league play, which is really next week, and everybody's back in league play, you know, it could get to be a mess like last year again. What makes me nervous is this. You've already had some games that you've postponed in league, right? Merrimack UConn was, was one of those series. If this keeps going in the direction that it's going, they're going to get to a point where they're not going to have time to make up these games. Yeah. You're not moving the NCAA tournament, which means you're not moving the Hockey East tournament as far as the dates go. So they're going to have to, at some point, say, if you can't play, it's a forfeit. Because they don't ha- they didn't work time into the schedule to make them up. So and, then what, and then what happened? So didn't the w, the, the NCHC just, you know, Minnesota Duluth and I forget who they're going to play this week, they had, those were league games and they're not able to play. They're going to try to make them up. My understanding is that if they they can't get in all the league games, and not everybody plays the same number of league games. The NCHC is going to go to points per game yes. to decide that. Any word that Hockey East might do the same if they have to? Uh, I don't know. I actually checked with Brian Smith this week about kind of what their protocols are as far as numbers of, of players available in order to play and things of that nature. Uh, and he said they did not, re- as a league, they did not reinstitute the COVID proto- the same COVID return to play protocols that they had last year. So uh, there's other protocols in place that have to deal with situations like this. So uh, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of room for for the executive committee of the league to, to make decisions that they're gonna may have to make. I mean, we're gonna see how this goes, but if we keep losing games in January and February, I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, not just hockey East, across the country. I don't know what they're gonna do. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, congratulations again on your team, your your kids' team's win, and uh, your team. And uh, we'll talk to you again hopefully next week. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score after two, Merrimack three, Bentley nothing. Back with more after this. This is Warrior. Talking.